Hey, we got waves. <gasps> we totally got waves. Now I can actually, like, this is a legitimate exchange. Do you have waves? I do have waves. <laughs> do you have waves? I do have waves. This is weirdly exciting. <laughs> I know. It's Megan. It's Morgan. And, and we're in. in. That was pretty good. I couldn't hear you at all, so I'm oh. just trusting you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it at the same time I did, so at least okay, like cool. to me. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Oh, boy. We're trying something new this episode, guys. Well, first of all, <sighs> we're probably not as crisp. <laughs> no. I mean... <laughs> The voice memo is actually pretty crisp. I know, but not like with the sock thing. <laughs> I don't have a sock to block out my, my obnoxious high tones. <laughs> Just nobody is going to know what the fuck that means. And I love it. Coaster was on point today. Are you speaking in riddle? Oh, God. I told Will and Jesse about that because I was like, so I check CoStar now before our recordings because one time I didn't and it told me to literally avoid Morgan and then our, my computer deleted our fucking episode. So now we're like kind of low-key superstitious about it. And just this is what it says today. I don't know how to take that, but all right. Yep. That works. Uh, um, yeah, so we're on Skype sort of again. Yeah, because uh, Ontario can't get its shit together. Oh my God. Still. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. But what we thought to do instead of using the garbage Skype audio was we're using Skype to see each other and also recording it as a backup. You know, uh, but, <laughs> right. Um, but we're also using our phones on voice memo. So we're hopefully going to mash those up and have it be cool. And have it be cool. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm I'd settle for having it work. <laughs> I don't really need it to be cool. <laughs> I guess that's fair. I feel like it being cool depends on the quality of us and like <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Co-star said it all, man. <laughs> that's actually kind of funny too because uh so today's episode I I might as well transition into it is uh we're doing a, the next batch of Avatar episodes in our little yeah. watch through series. Because we had plans to record a different episode and Ontario decided to shit all over it. So we watched some Avatar to make ourselves happy. Kind of. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, Chance is calling me. Oh my god! Can you even take the call while you're doing a voice memo? I don't think so. I wouldn't if it's possible. I'm just going to message him and be like... (laughs) Oh my god. Oh. Sorry. Uh, oh. On my phone for the podcast. What's up? Um, Avatar. We Avatar. watched it. Holy fuck. Um, and funny that 
co-star said that I was going to be like disjointed and not understandable because my summaries of the episodes also at some point get a little disjointed because some of the notes were made while I was watching it while working. <laughs> LOL. That's fair. So it's just kind of like me making comments about the plot of the episode and I'll uh, try and make that into a legitimate summary. Okay. So. That's, uh, that's what we're doing today. That's <laughs> all good. Yep. Oh my god, okay. But first... Nothing. Oh my god! Oh my god! (laughs) Newt's gonna terrify us! That's what first... (laughs) Hi, Newt! What the fuck, dude? (laughs) The curtain's closed, you're not... Oh my god. One second, I'm gonna let him up there. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Newton. You're the worst. <laughs> there you go. Have a good time. Fucking you literally kids, just man. opened the curtain. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I'm not putting him up there. I just knew he's oh. going to jump up there eventually, and the curtain's closed, so he would have just got face fucked by the curtain. I mean, fair. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Kids, man. Kids. <laughs> I can't handle this. For context, I watched... Nude is on the back of my fucking chair now. Yep, there you go. I, I actually just want to release this visual clip <laughs> as, like, for I would be the okay podcast. With that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <sighs> so, right. first, nothing. nothing. We're not doing a game. <laughs> We're just fucking talking about the episodes today. Jesus Christ. Newt decided to play a fucking game. Oh my god, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Whew. Okay, so yeah, we watched uh, Avatar episodes. We finished book one. Yeah, so it's 11 through 20, which is up to the end of book one of three. So, yeah. Let's go. We just jumping into it? All right. So, episode 11, The Great Divide. Uh, Funny, there's a song about The Great Divide later in the series that I got stuck in my head and I got really excited because I thought this is the episode it comes in. Turns out it's not. Um, So we start with Sokka and Katara arguing about how to set up their camp and Aang telling them that harsh words don't solve fights. Actions do. Uh, All in a day for the Avatar. The group has made it to The Great Divide, the largest canyon in the world, met by a guy looking for the canyon guide at his, as his entire tribe has to walk all the way to Ba Sing Se. They are then met by the Zhangs, the enemy group. Bracket. By the way, these guys are the Ganjins. It's not revealed until now. Uh, Katara challenges Aang to settle the feud between the two tribes. After attempting to settle the group, they are informed that they can't take food in, into the canyon by the guide, and so they must eat it before entering. Aang sends the sick and elderly of the two groups off on Appa, and they begin their trek on foot. After getting to the bottom of the canyon, they're immediately attacked by canyon spiders, bracket canyon crawlers, turns out they're called. Uh, but, oh no, the guard's arm, the guide's arms are literally broken, because more of a fuss between the groups uh, as the guide, and the guide trips balls a little bit. Basically, people are fighting, the guide's like, I won't become part of the food chain, and like, kind of freaks out. Uh... <laughs> Aang chooses to separate the two groups and sends Sokka and Katara after them to find out why they hate each other so much. They seem pretty aptly matched for their over-slash-underprepared preference. After learning, uh, so the Ganjins and the Zhangs both end up smuggling food into the canyon. 
the Ganjins, who are like the very orderly, cleanly people, their excuse is the Jengs are totally going to smuggle food down here because they're awful people. Why should my people go on hungry if they're going to eat anyways? And then the Zhangs say they probably assume that we brought food because they assumed the worst of us. And so we did, basically. <laughs> uh, Katara and Sokka find out the story between why they hate each other so much. Uh, Katara is told a story about a great hero from their day, Jinwei, who had to transport a sacred orb from east to west, representing the sun rising and setting. They claim a member of the Zhangs, Wei Jin, attacked him and stole it. Sokka finds out from the Zhangs that Wei Jin had been leaving their gates when he stumbled upon an injured man, turned out to be Jinwei. After offering help, the man refused and said that transporting the sacred orb was more important and it had to be brought back to his tribe. Promising to send help, Wei Jin brought the orb back and was arrested on sight, basically. Uh, Aang looks off from a cold cliff and reminisces with Momo in the tour guide. (laughs) (laughs) After meeting in the morning, Aang asks his friends what they find out, leading to Katara and Sokka basically having the same misunderstanding as the two groups. The issue comes to a spearhead as they reach the end of the canyon. Aang repeats his words of harsh words won't solve this, actions will, which is entirely misinterpreted and everyone starts fighting. Uh, This attracts a bunch of canyon crawlers as a bunch of their food gets dumped out in the scuffle. The guide gets a bit loopy again, and Katara and Sokka settle their differences to get out of the canyon. The group is briefly overwhelmed until Aang discovers that if you muzzle the canyon crawlers, they apparently make pretty good pack mules. After getting to the top of the cliff, the leaders reveal that they still don't trust each other. Some shouting. Uh, After shouting some bits of the story out loud at each other, Aang reveals that he actually knew the two people in the story. He reveals that Jin Wei and Wei Jin were twin brothers and also literal fucking children. The story (laughs) of legend was about a ball game between the two boys. Uh, This is enough to make the two groups settle their differences, and they head towards Ba Sing Se. As they leave, Aang reveals that he actually lied about the story to settle the differences between the group. Damn. Yeah, I started off really concise. Yeah. It goes downhill from there. Literally, I was like, dude, what is she talking about disjointed? And then I was like, oh, here it is. Nah, here that was is. like the first day that I started. And then it yeah. just, yeah, it goes from there. <laughs> um, so I actually only had a few notes for this one. Me too. Um, just because it was pretty straightforward of a plot. Like, it was actually really heavy plot-wise. Um, so my first note was Aang cutting the melon with the air. Mm-hmm. Just, like, I forget sometimes how powerful air can be. Yep. Like, I actually have a few notes about that in this span of episodes. It's and, like, like how shit. casually he uses it, too. He's just like, done. And you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> Legit. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, The animation style for the stories was yeah. adorable. The little, like, kind of sketchy thing. Yeah. It was cute. It looked like it was, like, painted by someone. For real, it was really cute. Um, and when the two groups are, like, feuding and right before their big fight, they're yelling at each other about fingernails. I'm yeah. like, seriously? Because the, the one people don't care about their fingernails getting dirty, and then the other people are like, you're too meticulous about keeping your fingernails clean. Like, the arguments that they actually have over the course of this whole canyon trek are fucking ridiculous. Legit. Just like, it's just, so funny. Can you just stop? Yeah. Uh, the only other like thing I had about it was it just made me laugh when Aang was telling the story and they were like, you're saying the sacred orb is a sacred ball? And he's like, no, just a regular ball. <laughs> like, just a regular ball. Yep. They were just playing. That's great. And I like that you never really find out the truth of the story because it doesn't really matter. Nope. 
It's perfect. Excellent. It also very much follows the typical Avatar episode plot of, like, something's happening with the group. Oh, they run into a bunch of, like, regular people who are having, like, weirdly enough, a similar issue. Oh, okay, through solving the issue for them, they figure out how to solve it together because friendship. Well, yeah, and actually that's a good point because literally when Sokka and Kataro were arguing at first about the tent and the firewood, I literally had the thought in the middle of them arguing, why don't you just switch jobs? I yep. don't understand why you're doing jobs you don't want to do. Like, just switch. And then Aang's like, hey, why don't you just switch? And I was like, good idea. Good idea, Aang. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love how he's like, all oh, in a day's work for the Avatar. And then later on, they find the other people arguing. And Katara's just like, oh, all in a day's work for the Avatar, eh? Solve their fucking issues, buddy. Yeah, so good. Gosh. All right. Episode 12, The Storm. Uh, also, can I just note that I fucking hate that Netflix, if you're watching Avatar episodes in succession, like, shows you the briefest glimpse of the episode title before just rolling into the episode. And I'm like, I get it, but, like, I need that title, man. I don't want to yeah. have to rewind every episode. Right. Uh, so this episode starts with a weird dreamlike scene that uh, makes progressively less sense. Ooh, on point. <laughs> we start with <laughs> yes. Aang happily riding Appa through the air. He waves to Sokka, soaring on his glider to one side, and then Katara riding a giant Momo to the other side. After telling each other that they need him, Aang is faced with a bunch of black smoke and his friends have disappeared. His former teacher, Gyatso, shows up and it's clear Aang is having a nightmare. Uh, Gyatso repeats that they need Aang and he awakes from his dream and Katara mentions that he seems to be having a lot more nightmares recently. Upon the new morning arriving, Aang makes a comment that there are clear skies and it will be good flying for Appa. We switch to Uncle Iroh, who stares at the sky and states that a storm is moving in, to which Zuko says he must be a crazy old man. This leads to an argument between the two as Iroh advises to alter course for the safety of the crew. Uh, the crew ends up taking offense because Zuko basically implies that catching the Avatar is more important than literally any of their lives. Um... Back to the gang, we come across where they realize that uh, they are poor and have no food, and they can't get anything from the market, and they come across a couple arguing about whether to, go, whether to go fishing or not. Sokka agrees to go fishing with the man, and also believes that there is no storm. Zuko's ship starts to arrive upon the storm, and his general starts to get lippy with him about respect. Coming to a boiling point and crossing arms to spar, Iroh interrupts and offers soup. <laughs> Zuko storms off. The fisherman begins to berate Aang after realizing that he is the Avatar about leaving the world behind. Aang becomes disturbed and flies off, Katara and Appa following behind him. Finding him in a cave, he begins to tell her the story of when he was told he was an Avatar. Basically, he found out too young and was not... None of the kids uh, wanted to hang out with him anymore, and they wanted to take him away from Gyatso. And he freaked out and left. Uh, back on the ship, we also get told a story about Zuko's past, which is very sad. Sad boy time. It's terrible. I always forget that you don't know Zuko's story until then, and then I'm like, ooh, boy. So Zuko's story is that, uh, he was a very ambitious boy and wanted to be part of the war room, and the guards would not let him in, so Iroh brought him in with him and was like, yo, keep your mouth shut. Um, they were talking about attacking, I believe, an earthbending regiment i think so uh and one of the generals suggested sending in a very new regiment of firebenders in to attack them and uh zuko immediately stood up and was like why would you send them like they're not gonna win and the guy is like that's the point they're just bait to lure them out and we'll surround them with better people and kill them zuko was very offended by this and 
offended by the fact that we would just kill, like, innocent people, to which uh, the Fire Lord took great offense and said that he would need to settle this dispute with an Agni Kai, which is a fight supposedly to the death, but no one ever seems to die. Um, <laughs> Zuko accepts, assuming that he is to fight the general to which he has insulted, but finds out that it is actually his father that he must face. Refusing to fight, he kneels in front of his father, and his father burns the absolute shit out of his face, which is how he gets that crazy old scar. And watching the hope die from Zuko's eyes is one of the most heartbreaking things in the series. Yup. So that's cool. Uh, hashtag character development all around. <laughs> 100%. So then... Wow, yeah, the notes get really... Interesting from here. Uh, basically, Aang decides to go and find, um, Hoi. Aang decides to go and find, um, Sokka and the fishermen while they are out in the boat, and they actually end up coming across Zuko on his ship, and he decides to let them pass, as, you know, there's more important things, like his ship crew's life. Uh, so yeah, character development all around. They go their separate ways, and everyone remains up safe. Uh, also, LMFAO at Appa shaking on the mall at the end. Yep, It's a for really, sure. like, beautiful scene. Everyone's reunited. They bring, like, the husband back to his wife. And uh, they're, like, staring out into, like, the freshly broken sun. And then Appa just shakes on the mall. Love it. I love it. Um, so, my first reaction to this episode, I was living for Sokka on Aang's glider. I was like, yo... This is so fucking cool. And then I realized it was a nightmare and I got yep. really sad. Literally, they show Sokka <laughs> on the glider and you're like, oh, cool. I didn't know that. And then they show fucking Katara on Giant Mumbo and you're like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this isn't, this isn't real. And like the way they do the art in that scene is very like dreamlike too. Like it looks weird. So For like sure. the second that you kind of catch on, you're like, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just made me sad. Yeah. <clears throat> um,. As soon as Uncle Iroh was like, hey, like, we should go southwest because the storm. And he was like, nah, man, they're going north. We got to go north. I literally wrote down, not listening to Uncle Iroh will be your largest mistake. It always like, is. <laughs> Uncle Iroh knows best, dude. <laughs> and, like, I feel like he takes a big swing. Well, not a big swing. Like, a very little swing at the very end of this book at listening to Uncle Iroh. And it's excellent. For sure. <clears throat> um... I also love, uh, so the wife comes to find Aang and Katara in the cave and tells them that the husband hasn't come back. And Aang's like, I'm going to find them. And Katara's like, I'm coming with you. And she's like, well, I'm staying here. And it just made me laugh. Yeah, 100%. And then it flashes to Sokka and the man in the boat. And Sokka's like, I'm too young to die. And the old man's like, I'm not, but I still don't want to. (laughs) <laughs> like some of the quips that old man had throughout this episode made me laugh so hard oh yeah that was one of my favorite lines literally like nah i'm old but i still don't want to die mm-hmm. <laughs> and then of course it. per the typical avatar plot that one thing that the avatar does for him completely assuages any other thing that he's ever done and everything is yeah. cool which is 100%. fine percent only got yeah. 20 minutes to make a story but yeah for sure um also when the kids don't want to let Aang play with them anymore. Oh. It just reminded me of Rudolph. Oh my god, why? Right? <laughs> so sad. 
They wouldn't let him play the reindeer games, man. They're like, let me play your airbender games. Literally. It was so sad. And I like how it's not even like, we don't want to play with you anymore. It's like, oh, now that we know you're the Avatar, like, whatever team has you just has an unfair advantage. And I'm like, he plays the same. Like, legit. Why? He always has the same advantage. Gosh. So ridiculous. (laughs) Um, And yeah, the Zuko stuff with his dad is just insane. Like, when it flashes back to young Zuko, he's so, like, full of life and happiness. And you're just like, oh. This is when you start to have feels for the sad boy. Right? And then, like, the crew is, like, learning about it. And the guy was like, oh, I always thought that was an accident. He was, and Uncle Ira was like, that was no accident. That was no accident. Like, it was technically an accident because it shouldn't have happened. But it was intentional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, fuck. Ugh. Yeah, that was that was a rough note. Like, pretty much after we learn about Zuko's stuff, I'm, like, gone. Like, I'm like, this is a lot of information to take in. Yep. <laughs> they just, like, oh, they fucking kick it up here. Yep. Um, yeah, especially because, like, other stop, stop. Other people's, like, stories and stuff start to become important. Yep. Speaking of. Oh, man, and, like, shit just gets complicated in this next episode. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. All right. So, episode 13, The Blue Spirit. Uh, we start with a bird delivery to the Fire Kingdom, where we see Commander Zhao is trying to pull the archers. I never got the name. They say it a couple times in the beginning, but I didn't get it. Uh, he's trying to pull the, the Fire Nation's esteemed archers from the temple. They're really fucking good. He, uh, the commander repeatedly says no, and he doesn't want them to take the archers. And then literally as he's about to leave, he's promoted to Admiral and gives him the order and the archers are his, which is bullshit. Uh, Someone with a weird blue mask seems to be watching. Sokka is sick as fuck from being out in the storm, and Aang decides to go get some medicine for him while Katara takes care of him. Meanwhile, Admiral Zhao stops Zuko's ship and advises that he is taking over the hunt for the Avatar, disheartening Zuko of ever being able to return to the Fire Kingdom. Which is so much more sad now that we know his whole story. Yep. Uh, Aang meets with an herbalist at the top of a mountain who is a little off her rocker and is advised he needs to bring his friend's frozen swamp frogs to suck on. On his way, he is attacked by Zhao's archers who capture Aang and bring him to Admiral Zhao, i.e. Glody McGloderson, because he goes on a real big Glody rant for a little while here. Yep. Uh, they hold a huge stupid rally, and then in bracket I put similar to Trump, lol, <laughs> where the blue <laughs> spirit seems to be out to help Aang. The frogs that he had collected unfreeze and crawl out of his shirt, while the guards outside grow weary of a growing commotion. The blue spirit shows up, absolutely fucking those guards up, and cuts Aang free from his holds, and then leaves silently, not really advising Aang to follow him, but he does. Uh, the Fire Nation realizes Aang has escaped, and things get a little spicy. Aang orders the spirit to stay close to him and help fight. Uh, no, I'll save that point for later. Uh, the, the fight scene is epic. Most of these fight scenes are really, really hard to summarize in any kind of way, so I'm just like, fight scene, real cool. Yeah. Uh, they straight up pole vault out of there, or try to, with the ladders that they used to try and climb up to them. Upon announcing that the Avatar must be caught alive, the Blue Spirit threatens Aang, and Zhao lets them leave, telling one of his archers to knock out the thief. Hitting him dead in the face with an arrow, but covered by the mask, Aang quickly covers them with dust and finds out that the spirit is actually Zuko, Aang turns to leave and looks back, probably thinking about what will happen to Zuko if they find out it was him, and takes him with him. 
Zuko awakes to Aang telling him a story about a friend that he had in the Fire Nation way back when, and wonders aloud if they, if they had met back then, if they would have been friends. Zuko throws an attack at him, and Aang leaves. The two find restless sleep while Sokka and Katara happily suck on their frogs. Yeah, this episode was, like, <sighs> kind of crazy from start to finish. Oh, man. Um, when Katara is talking to Momo about filling the canteen of water... <laughs> And Momo's just like, what? Uh, so, I don't... So that's like a funny little under thing that's happening the whole time because Katara also starts to get sick. And so Sokka asks for water and is trying to instruct Momo to go get water. And it like shows her from Momo's point of view. And she's just like, burp, 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 burp. and Momo's like, like <laughs> what do you want from me? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Literally has no idea. Um, also, the crazy off a rocker lady... She's so funny. The, she's hilarious and has the cutest kitty, Miyuki. Miyuki, yeah, that's it. Oh my god. And like, Aang's all impatient to get back to him with the medicine. And she's like walking around looking for her herbs. And she's like, I just need one last herb to complete this thing. And he like stands there and deals with her just like talking. And then she finds the herb and he's like, Great, I'll take that to my friends. And she's like, What? No, this is Miyuki's dinner. Like, <laughs> fuck you. And you're just like, Yes. And he's like, What the fuck do I need? And she's like, Oh, swamp frogs. Yeah, and he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's so good. It's so funny. I love her, and I love that she makes a reappearance later. Also, for sure. Um, yeah. Before you know, the masked guy is Zuko. I was like, "Damn, this masked dude is like gonna be their savior. Like he's super awesome and like super cool, whatever." And then Aang makes that crazy dust cloud, and I was like, yo, and then and we I, find out I it's I love Zuko. how, like, instantly he's just like, cover, like, fuck. Oof. Legit. It's Oof. so good. He's so, he's, he's got a fighter's brain kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yep. He just has really good instincts. Speaking of a fighter's brain, the point that I skipped in my little summary was just a bracket note that I made. Uh, a point to Aang's pacifist nature after stealing the spear from he steals a spear from a, a rack at some point he purposefully breaks the tip off the spear so that he doesn't actually stab anyone with it and I make the note a couple times he doesn't actually like hit anyone with an attack at any point he's constantly just dodging deflecting trying to like get away it's so interesting blowing, to watch him fight blowing people back with air yeah like, like jumping up jumping around them like it's really really interesting to watch him fight especially against firebenders who are so like aggressive which Just we'll find out more about Ugh. later. Ugh. And especially also, after doing the summary last time and, like, kind of looking into the fighting styles, now I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um... Aang asking Zuko if they could have been friends just oh. melted my poor little heart. I know! It's so sad! I was and just I, like, oh my god. And, like, the way he does it, he's just like, I had this friend way back when, like, we spent so much time together, blah, blah, blah. Like, he was Fire Nation. I wonder if we met back then, like, if we'd be friends like that. You're just like, ah! Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. It's and, like, so bad. Zuko, per his character, immediately just kind of, like, lashes out at it. You're just like, no. Yeah. Well, Damn. and now knowing his backstory, you know that, like, just, that's why he's so adamant about getting about getting the avatar because it's his only chance back into his family like how fucked is and, that like his nation like he can't really go Ugh. there yeah god oh newton why uh, <laughs> i feel like we're just gonna need to make like a, a mega yep. clip video of Newt uh-huh. getting up in my shit go yep, god fuck <laughs> 
Oh my god. Also, before you start the summary for episode 14, I would just like to point out that the amount of geese in this episode is just perfect. In the deserter? Yeah. I have no notes about the geese. <laughs> what? How could I not notice the geese? Wow. I'm oh, dude. so sad now. I'm going to be going over those goose moments then. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, cool. Yeah, you do the summary and I'll I'll fill in the goose. (laughs) You'll give me the goose summary? Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So we begin with Appa trying to hide behind a bush while the kids attend a Fire Nation festival for some fucking reason. Right? No idea why that is a thing that makes (laughs) sense to them. Uh, Attending the festival, Aang interrupts a magic trick and is immediately given up as the Avatar because... Oh my god! What the fuck? Newton! So they get some masks and shit to try and disguise themselves. But anyways, <laughs> Aang interrupts a magic trick because he feels Katara is threatened and is immediately given up as the Avatar. A random person in the crowd offers them help, and the bison whistle makes a glorious return. After escaping, they are met with a deserter who is part of the Jang- Jang's gang... I forget how to pronounce it, uh, and yeah. brings him to his camp. I start referring to him as JJ at this point, so it doesn't matter. Uh, JJ, the leader of this group, is angry and says he will not teach the Avatar because he is too weak, to which Avatar Roku shows up and says, say that to my face, and JJ agrees to teach Aang. Uh, after a lot of painstaking breathing exercises, Aang is left alone for too long and learns to play with fire while JJ is away from camp uh, inspecting something that is going on in the woods that I apparently decide to talk about later, even though it happens earlier in the episode. Uh, He is left alone for too long and learns to play with fire, burning Katara in the process. Everyone gets real dramatic for a hot second. To be fair, if a bender loses their hands, they can no longer bend. So that's fair. Uh, The master bender comes back uh, and freaks out uh, about what's happening and advises that Aang needs to leave immediately, basically. Meanwhile, Zhao. Again, I don't know why this is, like, differently timed, but Zhao is basically on the trail and knows where they're going and starts to set the forest on fire, which is what JJ was investigating earlier. Um, The master bender finds Katara off in the water, who is uh, magically able to blow herself back to full HP, And they have a conversation about JJ wishing that he was a waterbender, as firebenders are constantly consumed by the energy of their firebending, always treading a balance between destruction and life. Zhao shows up at literally the worst time, like an asshole, and JJ makes the dopest wall of fire we've ever seen. Uh, Zhao and Aang fight, and Aang realizes that he was the deserter's student that he had spoken about earlier, and that he has no self-control, only blinded rage. He begins to use this against him and bait Zhao into burning the shit out of his own boats, which is the funniest shit ever. Katara practices healing on Aang as they leave, and Sokka gets salty about Katara never healing him. So this is where it starts to get a little more disjointed, because I start skipping details. (laughs) Fair enough. I'm just very confused. For some reason, my notes for that episode say it's episode 16. Oh no. One second. Oh! Yeah, they got fucked up. I'm like, I don't want to tell you you're wrong, but... No, that's just because I did half of them on 
my other computer and then copied them over. So let's ignore all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 14, The Fortune Teller. Yeah, this is the goose one. Fuck me, man. I think I know where the geese are now. Oh my god. I'm like, what are you talking about geese? (laughs) Literally that whole time you were talking, I was half listening and half like, did I skip an episode but somehow still have the right amount of episodes? I'm so confused. Nope, this is just me and my stars doing my shit. (laughs) The fortune teller. (laughs) Um... We see the gang, and Sokka immediately takes the smug face of a fish as a taunt, so he starts to try and catch it. We find out that Aang has used their fishing line to make a cute new, a cute new necklace for Katara. It's a very sweet moment. Um, <laughs> nope. Uh, they go... <laughs> I just decided to make notes in between, I guess. Uh, the gang meets a man in the woods who is being attacked by a platypus bear, which is dope. Uh, He seems very calm about this because he informs the group after that his fortune teller says that he would have a good trip. Um, A safe trip. A safe trip, sorry. Uh, Sokka gets very insulted by this because he's like, "Uh, you didn't have a safe trip. You were attacked by a platypus bear. And the guy's like, right, but I was safe because you guys saved me, right? So technically she was right. And Sokka is very perturbed by this. Uh, He also gives the group a gift as he says that their fortune teller said if they come across anyone to give them the gift. Turned it out to be an umbrella, and literally immediately after they open it, it starts raining. Aang and Katara are fucking amazed. Uh, they eventually make their way to the city and start to get their own fortunes read. Aang overhears Katara being told that her love is a very powerful um, bender. Doesn't specify what bender, doesn't say avatar, just a very powerful bender. And gets all, like, up in his shit about it. There is also a little helper girl of Aunt Wu who apparently was told that her husband would have very big ears, so she is very infatuated with Aang because he has very big ears. <laughs> uh, Aang's bone throwing is literally fucking explosive, and Aunt Wu gets real dramatic about it. Uh, basically says that, like, freaks out and is like, you know, the whole world depends on, like, one epic fight that you'll have and blah, blah, blah. And Aang's like, yeah, I already knew that. And she's like, oh, well, what the fuck? And then he asks about love, and she obviously lies about it and says that if he follows his heart, he will find his love. Uh, the gang continues to walk through town. Sokka gets continuously annoyed at the use of Aunt Wu's predictions. Um, Aunt Wu, they're told that Aunt Wu reads the clouds to tell them that the volcano is going to erupt every year. They used to have a tradition where they go up and check it, but now Aunt Wu just tells them. Sokka gets very upset about this and begins to berate the villagers. Meanwhile, Aang tries to confess his feelings to Katara, but she literally doesn't hear him and walks off. Katara then visits Aunt Wu for 700 other readings. Uh, Sokka continues to berate the villagers and, like, talks to a guy about the reading that he got with fucking Aunt Wu. And he's like, she said, if I was wearing red shoes, I would meet the love, or I'd be wearing red shoes when I met the love of my life. And he's like, how long are you wearing those red shoes? And he's like, every day since. And Sokka's like, of course you'll be wearing red shoes when you meet her then. Like, freaks out (laughs) um they end up using what oh 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 i skipped the whole thing so ang decides to get a panda lily which are actually pretty cool and finds out that the only place that they grow is up at the volcano which i don't get how they're getting panda lilies at this volcano and not seeing that the volcano is about to erupt but that's a plot hole we'll ignore it 
Uh, so he drags Sokka up the fucking volcano the whole time going off about Outwu. Sokka's not impressed. And they dis- discover that the volcano is most definitely full to the brim of lava and it's going to erupt. Um, they start to use water and airbending to change the clouds and basically make Aunt Wu make a prediction about the volcano, except it's too fucking late and it starts to erupt anyways. They use the earthbenders, Bracket, and Sokka's very tiny shovel to dig <laughs> trenches to direct the lava around the city. Ang, uh, after they deal with all the lava, they Sokka and Katara are standing to the side and Sokka makes a comment about how Aang is one powerful bender and Katara's like, the fuck? What did you just say? And he's like, just that Aang's a powerful bender. And she's like, oh, I guess he is. And you're like, real bitch? Like, really, bitch? Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, as they leave, Aang speaks to Aunt Wu about her predictions and how he knows that she lied about his love predictions. And she, sta- she says to him, just as you reshaped those clouds, you have the power to reshape your own destiny. And they walk off. So that's episode 14. That is episode 14. I'm a little tempted to, like, not recap the deserter episode again now and just, like, copy and paste the audio in. So, like, yep, yeah, cool. You're going to do that. Cool, I can do that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Aang braiding the fishing line for Katara as a new necklace was so cute. Yeah, like, I... Uh, and it's one of the first, like... They kind of sort of drop hints that he thinks she's, like, pretty and stuff before. But, like, that's one of the first times that you really get the hint that, like, oh, Aang likes Katara. Like, this is yep. pretty freaking cute. And I ship Aang Tara so hard. Aang Tara, oh my god. Do you know yep. anything, like, anything about late series Avatar? No. Okay, this is beautiful. Cool. I was gonna say, there's Aang Tara, or I was like, we could do Katang. But and, I like Aang Tara no, is much better. <laughs> yeah. We ship Aang Tara here. Um, yeah. Also, as like a little backstory, I'm pretty sure they mentioned it earlier, but the necklace that she lost is a betrothal necklace of her grandmother's. So like the fact that he made her a necklace and gave it to her is kind of like, ooh. I think we learned that later. And I was just Technically, like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, the platypus bear was... <laughs> crazy his <laughs> tail was awesome the note that i laughed at was platypus bear fuck yeah <laughs> yeah because like at first i was like yo that's cute as hell and then he wrecked shit like yeah was so destructive and i was like oh, it's fuck. literally like a huge black bear with like a platypus bill and webbed oh. feet and a tail like and like crazy insane. teeth which i forget the platypus do have teeth and they are totally carnivores Oh. Maybe omnivores. They might be omnivores. Maybe. But they just got, like, little teeth. Like, they eat little things. Yeah. I also love how they, like, scare him and he just poops out an egg and pieces out. <laughs> right? And he's just, like, <laughs> and it's Appa that scares him. And he's just, like, poop, bye. He just swims yeah. off. He's like, fuck that. Literally. Um, also, just want to point out, because I'm in love with Katara, uh, so I'm just, like, following her bending journey at this point, like, every second I can. And when it starts raining, she has that little, like, water, like, umbrella. Water umbrella. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. Uh, Katara is fucking epic. She's so strong. Yeah. And I love it. She's amazing. Uh, the other uh, note that I got was, I can't remember if Sokka, I think Sokka says it. He's like, maybe instead of saving the world, you can go into the jewelry making business. And Aang's just like, I don't see why I can't do both. And you're like, yes. Aang. <laughs> so ambitious. Gosh. Um... 
I had a note about Momo stealing food. I actually don't remember that happening, but very on brand for Momo. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that. I'm pretty sure that happens every episode. Yeah, but Darn I just name. giggle at it every time. Fucking Momo. I love him. Me too. Um, also, I love that Sokka's reading was liter- literally, she was just like, so you're going to bring all the shit on yourself and that's all you need to know. Bye. Bye. Like, you need to go in the room. That was just it. Yeah. Um, poor Sokka. I know. But it's like literally, so my next note was about him yelling at the dude with the red shoes. <laughs> and then the goose attacks him with a rock and just like pulverizes him. It's so funny. That's, attack Sokka? Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and fucking watch that because I don't remember that. What the fuck? Yeah, there's literally a goose. I said the goose attacking him with the rock. So I think like he hits him with the rock. And then when he's like, ow, the goose like jumps on him and starts like, yeah, it's fucked. It's so funny. Also, wait, literally all the animals in Avatar are like crosses of two animals. They're probably not actually geese. I was gonna say, now I'm so curious what kind of bird it is. It looks just like a goose. Avatar um, goose. When they come out of the fortune oh my god, they're place. turkey ducks. Turkey ducks. Okay. <laughs> they don't look like turkeys at all, but okay. Uh, they have like the little bill things when you see them up close, but they do look like little geese. Oh my god, they're so cute. <laughs> and they're like shit disturbers. Like the one time <laughs> they come out of the fortune teller place. Oh no, it wasn't. It was when um. Aang went up to Katara and was trying to be all, like, smooth um, about the papaya bullshit. And then, like, oh my God, Katara... The I know. And then Katara walks away and Aang just, like, okay, whatever. The goose just kind of looks at him and he's like... Mah, mah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so good. I um, sent you a picture of them. They're pretty cute. Like, I'd have a turkey duck. Oh, yeah. So cute. Oh, you're <laughs> right. They do have the little the little The little red thingy. Yeah, but yeah. But otherwise, you're they right. just look like geese. Yeah, they're definitely. Cute. <laughs> um, I also loved when Aang brought Sokka up to the volcano to get the panda lily. Uh, he's like, "Yeah, I want this flower for Katara. Like, it seemed to work when that other dude gave it to that girl." And uh, Sokka was like, "Flowers are fine once you're married, but like before that, nah." Like, <laughs> like Such what? A traditionalist, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, Sokka. What a gem. Yep. Um, the little girl that was, like, obsessed with Appa, or Appa, obsessed with Aang, um, when he, she's, like, finally, like, listen, like, I know you don't like me back, whatever. Like, I get why you like Katara. Her hair seems so manageable. Literally. <laughs> I love that. Her hair seems, and her hair, so manageable. And then hers just, like, springs back up. And it's like, oh, <laughs> girl, I feel that. Like, yeah. Hair envy is real. Oh, yeah. Uh, so cute. So funny. Uh, yeah, I just um, love those little real moments, like, sprinkled in. Oh, for sure. And when she calls Katara a floozy at the end. <laughs> yeah, as they're leaving, she's just like, floozy. <laughs> I was like, god damn. Ruthless little girl. But, like, right? also true. Like, kids are ruthless. For Yeah, true, true, true. Oh uh, I have two more notes. One is about Appa flowing through the clouds when they're reshaping the clouds. It's just so majestic and cute. It's such a good scene. And yeah, he's just like having the time of his life. He's like, woo! Yeah, it's so cute. And like, Aang Um, and Katara bending together is kind of sweet. 
Oh my god, it's so cool. And it proved that one, because uh, remember like a while ago I was like, dude, clouds are water, can't Katara just like, and you were like, yeah, it comes up later, it's, we're fine. And then it's like, <laughs> we're hey, fine. clouds are water and air. We can't like make it rain, but if we have an airbender and a waterbender, we can like shape them up a little bit, basically, is where they land on it. They're like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It works. Um... And so my biggest note, not my biggest note, but whatever. So when we took the quiz last episode and I got Earthbender, I was like, not upset about it, but I was very like, because we hadn't really seen anything with Earthbenders. Like we saw that like couple episodes. I was like, meh. When they are making this like moat for the lava to go in, I was like, bro. Earthbender's (laughs) fucking intense. It's intense and it's so awesome. Like I love it. Can you imagine being a farmer as an earthbender? Like, I know a farmer isn't, like, a huge, like, job, but god damn it, that'd be so profitable. Uh-huh. Like, hot For sure damn. it would. Yeah. Just till the earth with your motherfucking hands. Done. Legit. Perfect. So cool. Yep. All right. Episode 15. Bato of the Water Tribe. Yes? Is that the right one? Yes. Okay, cool. I was like, is that what you have for episode 15? (laughs) (laughs) So, we start with a shot of a really cool sword made out of a whale tooth. Kind of some cool shit. You're just like, oh, "Oh, that's a cool sword. And then Sokka's like, whale tooth. And you're like, whoa, that's way cooler. What the fuck? Um, Also, he points out that it is a water tribe weapon. He recognizes it as the weapon of someone from his own water tribe because there's only fucking two. Uh, we go to Zuko's ship, and he gets splashed by tea during music night, and suddenly a super hot lady on a badger mole, I think, jumps on the ship looking for a stowaway. I corrected it underneath and put Shirshu, because that's what she calls it. Uh, I don't know if that's its name. I'm pretty sure it is definitely a badger mole, because those come up later. Gotcha. Um... She ends up finding the stowaway and piecing out, leaving a very confused Zuko... Um, we go back to the group and basically Sokka talks about his dad and you see little baby Sokka wanting to go off to war with his dad and being told no to stay at home and protect the village. And it's a really sweet moment. Yeah. Um, and sorry, Katara and Sokka after what? Wow. Okay. So someone finds them. They find a, a, a water tribe ship. And as they're inspecting it, someone finds them. And it turns out to be Bato of the Water Tribe. Surprise! Uh, And (laughs) it turns out that he is very, very good friends with Katara and Sokka's father. They get very excited to see him and follow him back to where he's staying at a... Not monastery. Maybe monastery is the word? He's living with nuns. Oh, yeah, maybe. Like some kind of church place thing. Whatever. So he brings them back there. Uh, where he Aang is recognized by the nuns as the Avatar, and they say they are very honored to have him there. Uh, Sokka and Katara spend the night reminiscing with Bacho about the silly things that him and his father used to do when they were young. Eventually, uh, Aang, feeling left out, kind of wanders off and wanders back to overhear that... I don't remember their father's name, but he's supposed to be sending word as to where he is, and when Bato receives word, he's going to head out to them. They briefly have a conversation about possibly going to meet him, to which Aang overhears and freaks out, thinking his friends are going to leave him, and takes off, 
of course, conveniently not overhearing the remainder of the conversation where Sokka and Katara decide that they need to help Aang first and it is more important. As Aang sits out by himself at the ship, he is met by a messenger who gives the message from Katara and Sokka's father, who I still don't remember the name of, to Aang to deliver to them, and he decides to hide it in his pocket like a selfish child, because he is a child still, and the show likes to remind us of that every so often. Um, do, 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 do. We see the Badger Mole and Hot Bitch Express, oh, sorry, Zuko and Iroh go to a local like pub-type thing find this lady who i don't know if they literally ever say her name if they do i didn't fucking catch it um and they find her absolutely kicking ass at a arm wrestling contest (laughs) wow (laughs) at an arm wrestling contest just kicking ass and they offer um basically uh iroh offers her weight in gold to help them find the avatar and she jokes and says, give me your weight in gold, pointing to Iroh, and they have a deal. And Iroh thinks it's super, super funny and that they should help each other. So they go off with her. So the Badger Mole gets to the herbalist with Zuko. They find the herbalist in the mountains, and they're like, we're looking for someone. And she's like, I sure hope it isn't Miyuki, because, like, I love this cat. And you're just like, oh, I love this bitch. Yep. And then she says the Avatar was there, but he is no longer there. Uh, they run off through town and find the fortune teller and eventually the monastery after the gang had already left. Meanwhile, Katara and Sokka end up leaving Aang in anger when they find out that he kept the map from them after he almost gets outed a few times. Uh, but they do turn back eventually after they decide that they made the decision in anger and need to help him back out. Back at the monastery, Aang is sad that his friends have left him and decides to begin to head out himself. When the Badger Mole gets to the monastery, as they are tracking them with Katara's necklace, they actually follow Katara and Sokka's path, and not Aang's path, finding Katara and Sokka and attacking them. Uh, (laughs) And they are dragged back to the monastery by the Badger Mole lady. Eventually, Aang finds out that they have been brought back, and an epic fight ensues uh, between basically everyone. So Zuko... I don't really think Iroh gets involved. Uh, the Badger Mole wrecks some shit up. You find out that the Badger Mole's tongue, for some reason, is, like, poisonous or paralyzing. So when he whips you with his tongue, you get fucked. Appa joined the <laughs> fight at one point and was the most badass bitch out there. The best. Literally, my nose just, Appa, yes! Yes! Uh, they end up confusing the Badger Mole because... Uh, The monastery creates perfumes, and they dump all the perfumes out in the courtyard, and eventually, um, do-do-do-do-do. I apparently did not note how the thing ends. Oh, I think it's just the perfume, the badger mole freaks out and ends up whipping um, Zuko and the girl, and... Iroh, like, catches the girl and falls onto the ground, and Zuko's like, I didn't see you get whipped by the tongue, and he's like, shh. Because she's paralyzed and can't move (laughs) off of him. Uh, So the fight ends well. Aang eventually talks to his friends and they all apologize to each other. Aang also finally gets a kiss when he gives her back the necklace that he had taken from Zuko. Yes. Um, So the bounty hunter chick with the badger ball is amazing. I love her. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that it's just like, 
It goes, because there's episodes where you just don't see Zuko and Iroh for the whole episode, and then all of a sudden they bring it back. And I love that when they brought it back, it was, like, music night on the ship, and Iroh's just, like, singing and playing his fucking thing, and Zuko's just sitting there like, oh my god, I fucking hate this. And then gets <laughs> splashed in the face by tea, and you're just like, lol. Yup. Um, when they go back to Bato's, like, room, he's made it look like, uh, the Water Tribe, like, where Katara and Sokka are from. Oh my god. And they're like, oh, this is so cool. Look at all the animal pelts. So this is, like, so cozy. And Aang's like, nothing's cozier than dead animal skin. Yup. And it's, I was like, oh. It, like, I like how they try to point out, like, the differences between the cultures a lot. Because, yeah, that yeah. wouldn't have been a thing that airbenders did. Nope. Um, the way that they animated the badger mole, like, with the smelling the scents... He, because he like sees through his scent, which is why all the perfume confused him. So when all the scents were in the air, you saw different colors, and you could see him like, no, that's not it, that's not it, that's not it. Ooh, that's it. There's the trail that I'm following. Yeah, it was super cool the way they did it. And then when they dumped the perfume out, like the way they showed his vision blurring, like it legitimately just blurred together with all the colors and stuff. It was really cool. Uh, I made another note again saying I'm literally obsessed with Aang's fighting style. He's literally just dodging around Zuko and deflecting off the fire blast. So again, he doesn't actually ever attack Zuko. He's just dodging and deflecting. 100%. Um, I love when uh, Sokka and Katara are starting to get their feeling back. And Sokka's like, oh, I can start to get, I'm starting to get some feeling back. (laughs) And then he immediately gets hit with something and he's like, ow. Ow. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Those little like comedy moments in the fight are just like... So yeah. Avatar. Also, I just want to point out again how useful and imperative Sokka makes himself without being a bender. He's just so smart and so, like, his instincts are so good. <gasps> He's I brilliant. just love him. Like, his battle strategy. And, like, I know they make drops that, like, you know, he took his job with the Water Tribe very seriously and that he was, like, the man of the tribe and stuff. And then showing just how young he was when his dad left and knowing that that's how long he's been doing that for. Like, it shows that he put in the work and became a good battle strategist. And, like, he's a smart boy. Oh, yeah. Like, I think in the first few episodes, he's kind of put off as, like, the dumb older brother. Like, you know what I mean? But then, like, he really, sh- like, proves himself and shows yeah. his own. Like, and, like, he, those moments get more and more frequent as we go on, too, which is really nice. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, I also appreciated what Uncle Iroh did at the end of <laughs> the episode. <laughs> it's like, really, dude? <laughs> oh, Uncle Iroh, you fucking I guy. The best. Uncle Iroh's the best. Yeah. So, episode 16. Uh-huh. Um, so, we begin with Appa trying to hide behind a bush while the kids attend a Fire Nation festival for some fucking reason. Right? No idea why that is a thing that makes <laughs> sense to them. Uh, attending the festival, Aang interrupts a magic trick and is immediately given up as the Avatar because... <gasps> Ow! Oh my god! What the fuck? <laughs> Newton. <laughs> so they get some masks and shit to try and disguise themselves. But anyways, <laughs> Aang interrupts a magic trick because he feels Katara is threatened and is immediately given up as the Avatar. A random person in the crowd offers them help, and the bison whistle makes a glorious return. After escaping, they are met with a deserter who is part of the Jang, Jang's gang? 
I forget how to pronounce it, uh, and yeah. brings him to his camp. I start referring to him as JJ at this point, so it doesn't matter. Uh, JJ, the leader of this group, is angry and says he will not teach the Avatar because he's too weak, to which Avatar Roku shows up and says, say that to my face, and JJ agrees to teach Aang. Uh, after a lot of painstaking breathing exercises, Aang is left alone for too long and learns to play with fire while JJ is away from camp uh, inspecting something that is going on in the woods that I apparently decide to talk about later, even though it happens earlier in the episode. Uh, he's left alone for too long and learns to play with fire, burning Katara in the process. Everyone gets real dramatic for a hot second. To be fair, if a bender loses their hands, they can no longer bend. So that's fair. Uh, the master bender comes back, uh, and freaks out, uh, about what's happening and advises that Aang needs to leave immediately, basically. Meanwhile, Zhao. Again, I don't know why this is, like, differently timed, but Zhao is basically on the trail and knows where they are going and starts to set the forest on fire, which is what JJ was investigating earlier. Um, do, 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 do. The Master Bender finds Katara off in the water, who is uh, magically able to blow herself back to full HP, and they have a conversation about JJ wishing that he was a waterbender, as firebenders are constantly consumed by the energy of their firebending, always treading a balance between destruction and life. Zhao shows up at literally the worst time, like an asshole, and JJ makes the dopest wall of fire we've ever seen. Uh, Zhao and Aang fight, and Aang realizes that he was the deserter's student that he had spoken about earlier, and that he has no self-control, only blinded rage. He begins to use this against him and bait Zhao into burning the shit out of his own boats, which is the funniest shit ever. Katara practices healing on Aang as they leave, and Sokka gets salty about Katara never healing him. <laughs> wow, what a good summary. What the, a great summary. Yep, there's nothing wrong with that. Let me just go back up to remind myself what the fuck that episode was about. <laughs> I'll uh, put my notes in that I have now. Uh... When they're at the uh, Fire Nation, like, festival or whatever the fuck that was, um, when the confetti goes out and they start airbending the confetti, I was like, yo, that looks so cool. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah. I'm um, like, I was so stressed out the whole time because I'm like, y'all, the second, like, you're you're not an unrecognizable person, Aang. No one else yeah. has these fucking tattoos. Can you at least put makeup on to cover the tattoos? Right? Maybe don't like wear airbending clothes everywhere you fucking go. I don't know. Yeah. Fucking yellow it's, shit. God. I really, but I think that also showed that, like, not all Fire Nation or, like, fire benders, I guess, are, like, Fire mm-hmm. Nation and, like, evil. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, The master, the firebending master. Um, JJ. <laughs> a lot of what he said was, like, like, I know it sounds really dumb, but when he was just, like, saying, like, you know, the other benders, like, the other elements are, like, there's good, there's goodness to them, there's, like, a calm to them, there's a grounding. Yeah. Yeah. With fire is alive. You are literally trying to tame something that is alive. It's hard. Yeah. It's terrible. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. It it, sucks. (laughs) It really gives you insight into, like, and, like, when he's first talking to Aang and you learn that, like, it's difficult to control and stuff, and then he talks to Katara later about how, like, it's, like, difficult to balance inside. It's not just learning firebending outward. It's balancing it inside, too. And you're like, whoa. Yup. That's really intense. Like, I can understand now. Well, not understand, but I can see how you could get consumed by that anger. 
Yeah, for sure. And which we see with the Admiral <laughs> completely fucking up all of his ships. So like, good. Oh my god, it was amazing. Like, the second I- that Aang's like, oh, you were his student, and Zhao's like, yeah, and then I got fucking bored, and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, so, when Aang hurts Katara when he's playing with fire, I think that that was something super important that was supposed to happen because I think it's his first real consequence Mm -hmm. that he's ever learned, like, especially when it comes to bending. Like, usually bending is all fun and games for him. Like you said, like, fights for him are effortless. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just second nature. But when he hurts someone that he loves, he's like, fuck. Mm -hmm. And airbending is like, like, if I hit you with air, obviously it's going to hurt maybe depending on the force, but, like, you're not going to fuck someone up on purpose or sorry on accident with air fire you just need to touch them like literally she just threw her hands up and like her hands of all things yeah like i remember watching it over again and i was like god you're being so dramatic like i I get he hurt you and whatever but like bitch calm down and then it shows her at the water and i'm like oh right it's her fucking hands yeah but then she heals the shit up like a badass motherfucker Literally, I was like, yo, she's a healer! What? Yeah, man! <laughs> and then fucking JJ comes over and he's like, oh, yeah, like, some waterbenders do that, but not all of them. And you're like, oh, so this isn't even, like, an inclusive thing. This is, like, an extra thing she's got. Okay, cool. And then she just yep. does it later. And you're like, so she's already got a handle on it now that she knows how to... What the fuck, Katara? I know. It's... Katara, mind... She's mind-blowing, honestly. Powerful-ass bitch. And, like, when I love, like, JJ was literally, like, I wish that firebending had, like, a quality like that. Like, I wish I could have those powers because fire is just all damage. And I was like, oh, JJ. My heart, JJ. Yeah, you start out kind of like, wow, what the fuck, JJ? Like, I guess you're talking sense and, like, Aang's being kind of obnoxious about it because, again, he's a child. But, like, Mm -hmm. fuck. And then, yeah, it gets to that and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also love the, his, uh, Aang, sorry, Aang's skill to shit talk when he fights. Like, oh, oh yeah. don't make anyone an admiral these days. Yeah, oh my god, <laughs> so excellent. Wow, you've been promoted? Oh, jeez, they're just taking anyone, eh? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's so, so witty and funny. Yeah, love it. That's all I got. Do-do-do, all right. Episode, I think it was the 17, The Northern Air Temple. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shit gets real. Shit starts uh-huh. to get real. Oh man. So Ang Ang and the gang, which yes. I find really funny. Uh overhear a story from travelers about airbenders where the storyteller mentions that he saw airwalkers just last week. Well that his crazy old grandpa saw them. Uh they head to the air temple <clears throat> and see people flying, but Ang points out that they're not actually airbending. And a child in a, question mark, wheelchair flying machine starts to get in a race with Aang. They begin trying to best each other, and the strange kid ends up drawing an excellent depiction of Aang's face in the clouds to win the fight. Upon landing, they discover that he's the Avatar and lead him inside. We also discover that this kid's name is Teo, and he is actually in a wheelchair. So it's kind of cool. Um, it's like a fucking steampunk convention inside the temple, uh, fairy's worst nightmare. There's fucking iron and shit everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Aang seems very upset and disturbed at how different the temple is. Upon finding one part of the temple that hasn't been ruined, a literal boulder flies through the face of a statue and destroys it while Aang was admiring it. 
a long time ago, but not a hundred years, uh, <laughs> these Earth people were stranded by a flood, and they moved here, and the inventor was inspired by what was there and claims he was only trying to improve the temple and improve his son's life. Uh, Teo brings Aang to part of the temple that's been left untouched, as it's sealed by a door that can only be opened by an airbender, but Aang refuses to open the door. Sokka and question mark, question mark, the inventor, which is what I refer to him for the rest of the thing, because I don't think we ever get his name, uh, go to a room in the basement using firefly lamps, a non-flammable source of light. He shows Sokka a fucking entire room filled with natural gas and explains that occasionally there are gas leaks and he has no way to detect it yet. Katara learns to fly. I want to fucking fly. <laughs> Aang admits yep. that even though... Oh, Aang flies, flies with Katara for a bit and admits that even though Teo isn't an airbender, he has the spirit of one and offers to open the door for him in the classic Avatar changing your mind two seconds later fashion. Uh, Sokka and the inventor mistakenly discover that putting rotten eggs with the gas will make it smell while Aang opens the door to find a glorified torture chamber and the experimental hot air balloon emblazoned with the Fire Nation symbol. It turns out that the inventor has been making weapons for the Fire Nation. Uh, Aang makes the group refuse to help the Fire Nation. Aang makes the inventor, sorry, refuse to help the Fire Nation when they arrive for their weapons and advises that they can rule the fight from the air. Sokka figures out how to properly work an air balloon so that they can bomb them. Cue epic, epic, epic fight sequence. A summary. Uh, tense music. Marching Fire Nation soldiers. Swooped and snowed with an air ball. Appa is the best reloading station ever. Giant metal climbing claws. Giant mountain climbing vehicles? With spare climbing claws. Important. People inside the tank are like its own self-firing cannon. <clears throat> they also work from both sides. Teo mentions that the counterbalance system is water-based. Katara starts to freeze the fuck out of them, but there's a lot. Appa! You're already out of bombs? <laughs> War balloon! <laughs> Cavern where the gas gas is escaping. Sokka drops the fuel into the crack. Boom! Uh, everyone ends up retreating, and Aang says, As long as we have the skies, the Fire Nation will be on the run. As they retreat, it shows the Fire Nation has found the downed balloon and is now taking it and you get left with an overwhelming sense of dread <laughs> yep that's basically that episode yep a lot of it is a really really sick fight scene yeah it was amazing um <sighs> my before we get to the fight scene there mm-hmm. was when they were listening to that story uh there was one thing where they were like laughing at gravity and ang was like i laugh at gravity all the time gravity <laughs> gravity <laughs> yeah and you're just like oh ang right um the glider chair for the dude in a wheelchair is so flipping cool so like, cool I, lo- I love that they're like like the gliders were made for actual airbenders but i love that non-airbenders are adapting them to use for themselves it's actually really cool i love like the inventor the whole time i get where ang's coming from but the inventor is just like, like, we showed up here and I was so inspired by the stuff that, like, I saw and the tools that I saw that I wanted to make it work for other people and improve on it. You're like, how is that not cool, though? Like, Yeah, it's amazing. That's literally what inventors do. They see shit and they're like, but how can I make this better? How can I make it work for everyone? And the fact that a lot of his inspiration in making the gliders was like, if my son can't have a good life on the ground, like, at least he can fly around in the air. And you're just like, ugh! I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Teo's his son, by the way. <laughs> yes. Um, I do 
agree with Aang that they didn't have to, like, destroy the temple, but Uh I see his point. And, like, when they're showing some of the shots, it's, like, this really cool mural of, like, mosaic tiles, and then there's just, like, pipes, like, going through these people's, like, faces and shit, and you're like, oof. Yeah, it's rough. Yikes. Um, I love when they were talking about how, like, everyone's born with something, and that something is, like, your spirit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, I love that. That's so cool. Uh, Uh, Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, when Katara's learning to fly... Um, and Aang's like, yeah, this is pretty cool, right? Don't leave your mouth open. You might swallow a bug. And then it just cuts to <laughs> Momo eating ow, the bugs. Ow. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Fucking love that little lemur. Yeah. <clears throat> um, when they first meet the inventor, he's, like, talking and stuff. And then he looks over at this stack of this, like, set of candles. And he's like, oh, look at the time. And Sokka's like, what the fuck? Like, how do you tell time with this? And he's like keep watching and all of a sudden the thing sparks three times and Sokka's like whoa you put gunpowder in the candle and he's like yep it sparked three times that means it's three hours past like midday and I was like that's really smart and then he's like I call it oh sorry it was four four things he was like I call it four o candle and then like laughs to death by himself and you're like (laughs) wow yeah (laughs) they just really wanted to make that joke eh Right. really needed to make that dad joke yep i loved it but it's like yep. super fucking smart also like if you know yep. how long the candle burns for and toss some fucking gunpowder in there like it's smart and it shows that Sokka sees how smart that is and is like whoa yeah for sure <clears throat> um teo did you say that's the guy in the wheelchair yeah so him finding out that his dad has been making fire nation weapons this whole time mm fucking rough yeah he was real upset which is like fair (laughs) yeah for sure um when they're ramping up for the for the battle um and they're talking about all the bombs and stuff they're like oh we're filling them with this this and this and then they're like and also this stinky stuff never underestimate the power of stink (laughs) oh yeah the power of a good stink and you're like yes a hundred percent um and yeah, literally everything about the battle you said. I also very much appreciated uh, Katara's role in the battle where they were like, oh yeah, like those things are unstoppable um, unless you, like something to do with water. And she, he was like, water? Get <laughs> yeah. me close. So I'm they there. see uh, Aang knocks one of them over and the compartment of it just like flips and they keep going and they're like, fuck, they're unstoppable. And Teo's talking to Katara and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure... Like, I was talking to my dad when he was working on the counterbalance mechanism, and it's, like, water-based, and Katara's like, oh, fuck, it's water-based? Like, there's water in there? Oh, buddy, I can fuck them up. Let's go. Get me down there. Legit. I just, like, she, no hesitation. She's like, I'm in this. Yeah, and she literally shows this shot of, like, her going down and fucking the one thing up, and then it, like, zooms out, and there's, like, six or seven other ones coming at her, and, like, she's just a person standing in a field of snow with like six tanks rolling towards her and you're like fuck dude like that's intense what the hell and then Aang comes down and like helps fight with her and oh boy it's a whole thing yup hi uh and also again to Sokka's intelligence twice in this episode he figures out that putting the egg smell would help them find the gas which ends up being what solves the fucking fight and then also he figures out the issue that he has with the hot air balloon. 
So, like, he's coming in fixing a literal inventor's shit. Legit. So, like, that's pretty wild. Yup. And, like, at the end of the episode, I love that, like, you know, obviously the dad has, like, shown remorse for what he has done, like, for the Fire Nation and stuff. Like, he's basically like, we would have had nothing without me doing that, blah, blah, blah. Um, But then, you know, Aang's like, you know what? Like, I can appreciate that you found, like, this empty shell and just made it your home. And I was like, oh, Oh, so sad. Yeah, he was like, I'm glad that, like, this is what became of the temple, basically. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Sad. All right. Episode 18. Yeah, this one's a doos. We just start to get into some real shit with these last three. Yeah. So, the waterbending master. We start with literally everyone being tired and cranky. Suddenly, ice! Waterbenders appear and ice lock Appa in the water. And it turns out that they are waterbenders from the northern tribe. Uh, We go to Zhao, setting out the expectation that the northern water tribe is incredibly strong and their village is basically a fortress built of their own element. There's a reason that they have survived a hundred years of war. This is made completely evident when we then shoot to the gang arriving at the North Pole, and it's fucking sweet. It is a literal fortress made of snow and ice and water, and it's full of waterbenders. I wouldn't want to fuck with it either. Nope. (laughs) Uh, The gang is amazed at the Northern Water Tribe village, and for good reason. Sokka sees something very specific that catches his eye, a pretty young lady on a boat that smiles at him. Um, We go back to the ship, and Uncle Iroh is singing a cute little song. I love the song. I, yeah, it's just, like, about the seasons and stuff. Yep. Um, does anything happen there? I literally only have Uncle Iroh's song in caps. So. I, I was, like, Uncle Iroh singing with a little heart floaty emoji, and then it goes back to the dinner and Aang's honor. So I guess nothing important happened. Uh, nope. I think it's just Zuko being sad. Probably. Uh, so they have a huge dinner in Aang's honor, and also in honor of Princess Yue, who has officially turned 16. We are specifically told that she is now old enough to get married, and Sokka gets very excited because it turns out that was the pretty lady that he was eyeing up in the boat. Um, we are also introduced to Master Paku, who is a total dick. <laughs> uh, as the dinner ceremony goes on, Sokka happens to be sitting next to Princess Yue and starts to chat her up, saying... Uh, I'm thinking we could do an activity together, which she thinks is very charming. Uh, Paku is a dick, and Zhao commandeers Zuko's ship. Paku refuses to... That's all that happens. Zhao commandeers (laughs) Zuko's ship. He says that he's taking his soldiers to, like, help his cause, basically. And is like, fuck you, Zuko. Uh, Paku refuses to teach Katara, uh, having a misunderstanding of who Aang's friend was, as they only teach women to heal with their bending in the Northern Water Tribe. This leads to a bit of a blowout, and Aang says he won't learn if he won't teach Katara, but she recommends to still learn from him, even if she can't. Sokka runs into Princess Yue on a boat and walks alongside her, awkwardly flirting. She agrees to meet him on a bridge at night, and he, again, awkwardly falls into the water. Zhao seems to hire pirates to attack Prince Zuko, while Katara attends her first healing lesson. It's a bit lackluster. Paku continues to be a dick, and Yagoda... Oh points out that she oh Yagoda is the uh, healing lady uh Yagoda points out to Katara that she actually knew her grand-grand Katara finds out for the first time ever that grand-grand was actually born in the northern tribe and left even though she had been engaged to a man and that's what the necklace was for 
uh, she, when asking why she left, uh, Yagoda says she has no idea. She left on the night without a single word. Sad. Uncle Iroh tries to cheer Zuko up to no avail and goes out on a walk. The pirates attack while he is gone. In brackets, I put, they're definitely rogues, just saying. Bracket. <laughs> uh, and fill the ship with blasting jelly while a suspicious Zuko creeps around the ship. Zuko is blasted to hell and Iroh is crushed, thinking that Zuko is dead. A romantic meeting on the bridge ensues, or so Sokka thought. Yue <laughs> seems upset about something and, uh, or sorry, uh, Oh, she just leaves. She's just like, sorry, can't do this. Peace is out. <clears throat> uh, she seems upset about something and runs off, and Sokka goes back to his friends to vent. During this vent session, they decide that Aang should teach Katara, and they are immediately put on blast by Paku while practicing. Katara challenges Paku to a fight, uh, and Uncle Iroh accepts the, posi- the position of Zhao's commander now that he believes that Zuko is dead. Fucking sick waterbending fight ensues. Fucking suck. Katara holds her own against a waterbending master for like a decent amount of time. And the only reason he wins is because he manages to pin her hands. Yep. Dope. Mm-hmm. Um, do, 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 do. <laughs> I wrote, you can't knock me down. Fuck yeah, girl. Oh, this is sick. Like their ability to make a solid platform of ice appear and then ride it down like water is the best. Yep. <laughs> After finally <laughs> defeating her, Paku finds out that she is the granddaughter of his love, and Katara realizes that her grand-grand left because their customs are stupid, and she didn't want to marry a man she didn't love and stay somewhere where she could only use her powers for healing. He ends up finding the necklace and is like, OMG, this is the necklace I gave to my fucking love, blah, blah, blah. Um, Yue ends up running off, and Sokka follows her, and he's actually really sweet about it and says that he understands why she can't be with a peasant, she explains that that's not the reason that she's already engaged, but also she kisses him. Awkward. Uh, Katara is now being taught by Paku because... Shrug emoji. Uh, why not now, I guess? <laughs> Zhao heads for the Northern Water Tribe with an absolute fucking arsenal. Yup. And that's where that episode ends. <laughs> oh man, I have a lot of notes for this one. Yes. Uh, my first note is really nothing important, just that the fact that all the roads in the Northern Water Tribe are just water, like there's not actual roads, it's just water to buildings. I just love that. It kind of reminds me of Italy, but like cold. Yeah. Um, I want to go to a bending show where they just bend elements and I can watch them do that. Right? Oh my God. When Paku puts on that show and they just like fuck around with the water and stuff, it's so cool. Yeah. I just want to see that with everything. I'm just, I'm so sad that it's not real. I know. <laughs> Uh, as soon as Paku is like, oh, I'm sorry, there was a misunderstanding. I knew he was going to be a sexist dick to Katara. <laughs> yes. That's all he had to say to be like, oh, okay, you don't want to teach a woman. Got it. Cool. Dick. The worst. Oh, the women only heal with their bending. Fuck you. I also had a theory that the princess was a bender. And then once he said that, I was like, oh, I mean, if she is a bender, all she can do is heal. But that Lame. theory is blown out of the water anyway. <laughs> Um, uh, let me see. Oh, when Zuko gets attacked uh, on the boat, I just said there's no way Zuko died. I nope. have no idea how, but he's alive. I feel like they kind of, like, imply that he gets blasted out the window. Yeah. Like, that seems to be what it implies, because there's, like, a little, like, thing that shoots off while he screams. That's but fair. Who knows? Right? 
I just need to break down a little bit of this Katara versus the Master shit. Yeah, man, because it's a lot. It basically blows up to, because Aang is teaching her some of the moves, and Paku is like, sees this happening, and is like, you disrespected my traditions, how dare you teach a woman? And Katara's like, you know what? I'll be outside. If you're man enough to fight me, I was like... (laughs) And Aang's like, she didn't mean that, and Sokka's like, I'm pretty sure she did, actually. Like, awkward. Right? And Sokka and Aang are following her down, and they're like, you know you're not going to win. And Katara's like, I don't care about winning. I just need to fight this guy. And I yeah. was like, yes. I don't give a fuck. I just want to pound this guy into the ground a little bit. <laughs> Literally. I just, I love her so much. She's so great. And then right before the, the fight starts, Paku's like, go back to the healing huts with the other women where you belong. Go fuck back yourself. to the kitchen, Paku. Like, fuck you. Right? Like, Ugh. oh my god. And just, like, knowing what happens after this episode, I'm like, oh, my God, you're such an asshole. I can't. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> and I'm glad that Grin Grin ran away from this guy. Oh, yeah. Literally, he's like, oh, my love, like, she ran away in the night. And Katara's like, oh, you're the guy she was engaged to? No fucking wonder she left. Like, <laughs> god damn, you suck. Like, yeah, what the legit. fuck? And he's you're just like, worst. whoa, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It, it just makes me laugh that she just like schools him and he's like okay i'll teach you damn legit um i'm also a little bit confused as to why grin grin would pass down an engagement necklace that she didn't want to go through with but like i don't think you're supposed to think about it whatever i think it's just supposed to be like a thing she gave her granddaughter to remember her by and also like she kept it i know so like i just find that strange maybe she's just sentimental yeah i don't and, know like it was probably one of the only things from like uh our past life or whatever like her other children. yeah so. i could see keeping it but just like handing it, it down to kinda, me yeah it's very weird <laughs> a little weird but whatever whatever <laughs> yep that's all i got oh okay cool whoo and then this episode the siege of the north part one yeah <sighs> It reminds me of uh, the Battle of the North, and I was like, oof, don't like yeah, that. Yeah, but this time it's the siege. Yeah, don't like that. Um, yeah. We open with Katara being an absolute boss-ass bitch and getting high praise from Paku for being his best student. Wow, surprise. Right? Fucking guy. My uh, first note is, <laughs> I'm living for Katara being a badass bitch. Yes! I like how you both <laughs> said badass bitch. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I said boss-ass bitch, but same shit. Same Close energy. Enough. Big dick energy, either way. Um, he then makes a comment about Aang not being quite as good and puts him in a duel against Katara. Sokka takes Yue on a magic flying oppa ride. Ah! Uh, it's awkward but sweet until they see Black Snow or Soot from Fire Nation ships. Sokka is triggered as fuck. Uh, Zhao is prattling to Iroh on his ship and Iroh warns him about the moon and the waterbender's powers. Yue admits her feelings to Sokka, but says her devotion to her people and her duties are more important than what she feels. Which, like, girl. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the tribe has a large gathering, and the leader calls on the spirits of the ocean and the moon to help them and requests volunteers for a very dangerous mission. Sokka is one of the first to volunteer, and Yue lets out a silent tear for him. Uh, Aang vows to make a difference in this fight because he wasn't there when the Fire Nation attacked his people, and we get the shot from the title sequence! Yes! Every time that happens, I tear up a little bit, and I don't know why. 
but it's just like yeah. it's such an epic shot and i'm just like oh it's the oh. <laughs> she's very intense <laughs> thankfully netflix usually skips it so oh yeah right oh i don't cry like when it happens on the oh, the actual title okay. sequence it's just when it happens in the show and you're just like okay i was like damn girl it's a lot of time no, to no. Stir up over that <laughs> i'm not that ridiculous okay um the fight begins so another fight summary uh, the Fire Nation starts by trying to take down the huge wall from afar. Aang plays tennis with the fireballs and takes the fight to the ships. Jumps and lands with a silly face. This kills me. He's on the top of one of the ballistas throwing the fireballs, and there's two guys with these giant fucking warhammers, and he gets them to hit the thing enough until it explodes, and when it does, he jumps off it, and he lands, and he does this, like, like this little tongue-out <laughs> stupid face, and you're just like, oh my fucking god. Yeah. This kid. I love it. Uh, again, Aang never directly attacks the Fire Nation soldiers, only uses them to help destroy the ship. Water Tribe shows up to ice the boats in, and they see that there are so many more ships. <laughs> Saka points out that the uniforms they want to use to infiltrate the Fire Nation on their mission are incorrect and old, and I didn't get his name either, but the little, the stupid little guy that's engaged to UA, the little dumb oh, prick. Oh, yeah. He's all like, hey, baby, dude, this guy doesn't know anything, and the leader of the tribe is like um he actually kind of does so like maybe we show should him respect yeah i don't know just don't be a douche yeah um iroh then advises zhao that it would be best to wait to attack because waterbenders get their power from the moon so they retreat for now until sunrise ang has a bit of a breakdown i'm just one kid he says in tears sad because there's too many ships Uh, Iroh reveals that Zuko has actually been hiding away on the ship the whole time. Surprise! (laughs) Uh, Having a touch of a tender moment with him. Keep your ears warm. Put your hood up. Telling him that he reminds that he feels like he is his son before he lets him go off to surprise get the Avatar. Uh, Dude starts talking about how he feels about Yue and Sokka gets very annoyed about it. He eventually attacks the guy and Sokka gets kicked off the mission because this guy's a total dickhead. Total dickhead about Yue. He's like, oh, I don't even really, like, care about her, but, like, the perks, right? And Sokka's like, what do you mean the perks? Fucking asshole. Fucking ridiculous. Yue tells Katara and Aang about how the moon was the first waterbender and how people learned waterbending from the moon. Aang gets inspired to try and talk to the spirits, which leads Yue to lead them to a crazy spirit cave. Zuko appears at the end of a hole where he follows some seal turtles and yells at them to be quiet. Ya boy is cold and cranky. He eventually (laughs) swims through a bunch of other holes to find himself inside the northern water tribe. I don't know why my brain just broke there. Uh, Sokka finds out that the captain actually has a special task for him, and that's why he removed him from the special mission originally to guard his to, to guard Princess Yue. And he's all like, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can go guard Princess Yue. That's fine. Uh, yep. Zuko ends up finding Katara, Yue, and Aang, just as Aang crosses to the spirit world. An awesome fight ensues where Katara holds her own against a really, really powerful firebender, which is pretty hard considering his element is fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zuko ends up getting Aang in the end and leaving. Daybreak happens! And then that's where the episode ends. Okay. Fuck. So, honestly, didn't have a ton of notes for this one because I was just, like, like in- encapsulated. Involved in what was happening. Yeah. 
Um, but a few things is, like you were saying, again, Aang using his air to not actually, like, hurt anyone. But it the show is great at reminding you how much damage air can really do. Mm-hmm. Like, he was breaking things with air. Like, huge like, metal structures. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's wild to see what yeah. a well-trained airbender can do. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> um... Also, Zuko at one point gets like stuck under ice and like uses his like heat hands uh, to yeah, and like I wish I had that because dying by being trapped under ice is in my top three ways of to never die. Like Yo, I hope I never die that way. Straight up, every time it happens in a movie, I'm like I wouldn't do that because the second no. that I got like a little too far and I didn't see a hole or something, I'd turn the fuck around. Like, no, I can't. You wouldn't find me swimming shit. into a hole, like, thinking maybe there's air at the end. Oh, God. No, I can't mm-hmm. with that. I'll, I'll die above the ice. Yeah, like, thanks. I'll, I'll, I'll just that. freeze to death over here. That's In fact, freezing to death is a very peaceful way to die, so. Right? Like, Drowning, whatever. Not so much. No. Mm-mm. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also have a thing for yin-yang fish. Like, I'm definitely getting a yin-yang fish tattooed on me at some point, so I Even really koi? enjoy the yin-yang fish. Um, and I love that, like, it comes, there's a huge role for the yin yang fish in the next episode yeah. will be revealed. But You're just like, oh, cool fish. <laughs> I just loved the yin yang fish. That's why I was like, oh, the yin yang fish. And then the next episode I was like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> they're called koi fish, by the way. Well, no, I know they're koi fish, but like they make the yin yang. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I want koi fish on me in a yin yang. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, the last note that I had was just, I like to quote lines I find from people, and like, as Zuko grabbed Aang and went to leave, because the only reason that, almost the only reason that Katara loses the fight is because daybreak comes, so his power becomes more strong, and as he's leaving, it's just like this epic shot of like him with the sunrise in the background, and he's like, you rise with the moon, I rise with the sun, and I was like, hot, damn, what an exit right too bad she's unconscious but like yeah no one was around to hear you be dramatic Zuko (laughs) like I'm just imagining that scene play out in real life and he just like stands up and says it and then just kind of like looks around like oh fuck well all right and then just like climbs up the fucking mountain he does it again in the next episode where he's super dramatic with his like life story basically and he's unconscious to hear it yeah literally it's like like, dude what (laughs) That's, like, one of my favorite parts of the next episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was it for that. The fight scene is incredible, again. There's really no way to summarize those fight scenes. No. All right. The siege, part two. <clears throat> the end of chapter one. Uh, so this episode starts right out the gate, showing the Fire Nation firebombing the fucking city. Um... <clears throat> The group leaves Momo in the cave, and they head off to find Zuko with Appa and Sokka, and Yue joins them as well. Flying Momo off. is so sad that Aang he's, isn't there. He seems so, like, distraught that he doesn't know where Aang is, and he just, like, sits where Aang was meditating, and it's the cutest thing ever. I love I know. him. Ugh. Ugh. Aang in the spirit world finds a monkey meditating who tells him to go away. Uh, he then follows along a little bit 
and ends up talking with Roku, or an avatar of Roku, and he tells Aang about another spirit named Ko, who would know about the ocean and the moon. However, if he showed any expression while speaking with Ko, he would steal Aang's face. Yikes. Uh, Zuko starts to lament in the cave that he takes shelter in with Aang about his sister and how strong he is because of his struggle. It's also the first time I think that his sister is ever mentioned in the series and how uh, his father always said that she was born lucky and Zuko was lucky to be born. And you're just like, ooh, Yeah. Ooh, Like even from birth, this kid was like disrespected and he was still so full of hope when we saw him. Like, ugh. So ridiculous. Um, Back to the Water Tribe fighting for their life. Uh, The Fire Nation has breached the inner wall now. Iroh then reminds Zhao again that he needs to beat the waterbenders before nightfall. Zhao reveals that he knows the moon spirit's human form, or like existing form, and that if he kills them, the waterbenders will have no more power. Uh, He says, the ocean and the moon spirits gave up their immortality to be in our world, and now they will suffer the consequences. Ko, the spirit, is creepy as fuck. Aang runs into, like, some monkeys and stuff before he gets in there with no faces, and it's the scariest thing ever. And then Ko is basically this giant spider thing of my nightmares that changes faces. Um, And he remarks that apparently a past avatar had tried to kill him for stealing the face of one of his loved ones, which is fucked up. Yep. Um, Aang is also informed that he has already met the ocean and water spirits, and Aang figures out that this is meant to be the koi fish that were in the pond in the oasis. Then, the return of Heibai the bear! I love, I love Heibai! Yeah. Uh, if you didn't see our, or listen to our last episode, Heibai is a forest spirit, basically. He's a really big panda bear, and he's very cute. Um, he brings Aang back to where he came in the first time, and returns to the physical world, also, Heibai blasts the fucking monkey because he's rude to Aang, and it's really cute. Uh, he returns to the real world to find that Momo and not his body are where they were, and begins to get, like, space-zapped over to his body. We see Katara and Sokka and the gang searching above in the clouds for any signs of Zuko and Aang, as Aang's, like, crazy spirit meteor flashes by, and Katara's like, oh, that's definitely Aang, and they follow it. Um, they fight a little bit and end up knocking out Zuko, which, by the way, Katara knocks out Zuko, which is fucking awesome. She just fucking pile-drives him into the ground. Epic. And she's literally like, this will not be a match. I'm ending you. Yeah, I, she's <laughs> like, nope, this is not, yeah. I'm just fucking crushing you, like, fuck you. So, that's kind of awesome. Um... Zhao makes it to the oasis and bags the fish, which immediately turns the moon red and completely stops all the waterbending from happening. Yue explains to the crew that when she was born, she was cured by the moon. She was initially born very quiet and very sick, and when they put her in the water, uh, her black hair turned white and she began to open her eyes and cry again, and they knew that the moon had saved her life. Aang tries to... Oh, after they get back to the oasis... Everything's real tense. Aang tries to explain to Zhao the consequences of killing the moon. Iroh appears as well to back him up. Zhao decides to release the fish into the pond and then kills one. Iroh goes fucking bananas and, like, chases Zhao out of the fucking thing like a badass. Just starts shooting fireballs off all crazy. 
<clears throat> uh, Aang goes crazy spirit avatar and ends up becoming, I think, the ocean spirit. Um, he ends up fucking wrecking shit. Everyone bows, and the Aang moon spirit just starts destroying and, like, pushing the Fire Nation out through the water. Uh, Zuko chases after Zhao to fight him. Zhao calls, up, calls him out on being the blue spirit, and they basically fight each other. Um, Iroh, still back with the crew, points out that some of the moon spirit still lives within Yue, and she realizes what she has to do to give it back that life. <laughs> and then instead of writing what happens, I wrote, oh, your boats are leaving? Here, let me help. Because Aang just starts, like, <laughs> pushing the fucking boats out and shit. Um, putting the fish back in the pond brings... Oh, oh, so Yue gives her life to the fish spirit and dies, and they put the fish back in the pond. This ends up bringing up a Yue spirit who kisses Sokka and says goodbye, which is really, really sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zuko offers... Oh, so uh, Aang, the ocean spirit, starts to now retreat since the water or the moon spirit is back. And as he does, he comes across Zuko and Zhao fighting and grabs Zhao as the water spirit, uh, Zuko offers out his hand to him, and Zhao refuses, being pulled into the water by the spirit. We come to the next day. Paku says that they will be leaving to help their sister village, and entitles Kara, Kara, what? Katara, <laughs> bitch, uh, with the title of Master Waterbender, and instills her with the responsibility of training Aang, which is fucking awesome. Yep. Uh, Yue's father admits that he was given a vision of her becoming the moon when she was born and knew this day would eventually come. Zuko finally accepts Iroh's advice and rests on their boat. We also get a glimpse of Zuko's sister, which I realize I wrote the name in the note and I don't think you know her name yet, so I'm not going to say it. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, the plot twist with the princess really fucked me up. <sighs> it makes me so sad every time. I am just so fucking sad about it. And the fact that, like, she basically, in our terms, was born stillborn. Mm-hmm. Like, she was stillborn, they asked the moon to help, the moon helped, and then the moon got taken away, so she had to give her life back to the moon. And the fact that her parents were like, yeah, we knew this was gonna happen eventually, like, she was on borrowed time, I'm like... Yeah, it's so fucked up. Like, not fucked up, but, like, still, it's it's crazy. It is fucked up, honestly. Like, it's it's kind of like, so, this is going to be really fucking stupid. I'm rewatching Once Upon a Time right now. Yeah. Um, and basically what they were saying was, like, you know, if you're going to mess up the natural order of things by trying to give life, you're going to have to take another life like mm -hmm. life will have to be taken away at some point so basically the moon gave some of its life away to her so eventually that would have to go back because it's the natural order yeah it's like it's super fucked up and super smart and i hate it and i love it and i hate it <laughs> i also really like that like they make it clear that she didn't know that and she still followed that path and made that choice and was like like instantly she was like yep i know what i have to do like this sucks yeah. but it's what I'm literally born to do. And, like, Sokka. Mm. He's such a good boy. Such I a love strong Sokka. boy. Ugh. I wanted him to be with her. And, and then... like, yeah, the fact that she actually was like, like, I like you, but, like, we can't be together. And then that wasn't even the reason, but, you know, no. whatever. 
I know. <clears throat> There's a, a joke later on in the series where, like, he's sulking or something, and someone's like, oh, like, my girlfriend left me for blah, blah, blah. Like, what's your deal? And he's like, my girlfriend turned into the moon. And they're just like, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> like, it's something I see all the time, and it makes me fucking laugh every time, because it's just like, oh, <laughs> okay yikes fuck dude like sorry (laughs) yeah it's excellent oh i love that um yeah and i also um i also just want to reiterate the fact that the admiral chose defeat over help from zuko yeah like what a bitter little bitch seriously and i really hope that means he's dead because i don't want to see his face again i don't know yeah great awesome uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, just to end on a nice note, because I want to, I love Katara, and I'm glad that she's a master. Yes! I love it. And, like, the yeah. fact that she's now, like, fully, not fully fledged, but, like, given that title and, like, has already been recognized as a master waterbender. Fuck yeah, bitch. Fuck For sure. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. <clears throat> um, The way that that relates to Mavs, because I texted you about it and I haven't mentioned it yet, fucking... <sighs> There's this song, I don't remember who it's by, but basically they wrote, like, this really sweet song about being the moon spirit and, like, knowing that one day, like, your destiny would come for you and whatever. (sighs) Eric made it a song that Mav's mom sang to her and basically can be taken in the same accordance now that we kind of have more details about the Guardian and shit, about being the Guardian and choosing to give your life for those other people and shit. And also, the opposite of what happens to Yue happens to her mom, where, like, Maz and her mom both had white hair, and when she went into the water, her hair turned, like, black and shit. Right. So it's literally the opposite of what happens. And I was just like, forgot about this. That sucks. Swag. (laughs) Swag, swag, swag. It's fine. Uh, So something that was already, like, tragic and sad is just that much worse for you. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I'm so happy I can't pause this. (laughs) we'll just keep going it's fine oh my god that sucks Uh, also uh, a thing to note aside from the Mavs feels I've watched book one through two maybe three times and like it makes me cry every time at the end like book one is so good at the end and like it's just so sad but so hopeful and like ugh I actually my very last note was like I'm so proud of the gang dot 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 but so sad but so sad those poor kids they have to grow up so fast like I know it's so rough and then they just head out on Appa and they're like at least we've got each other and you're like I know the babies terrible (laughs) at least you got each other (laughs) (laughs) I should go die in a hole now yeah yeah it's cool it's cool Yeah. I knew we didn't need a fucking game at the beginning. No, no we did not. <laughs> so yeah, that was book one. We'll oh, be boy. back with book two at some point in the future. Yep. Oh man, I fucking, I didn't pause it right away and the first episode of the second book started and it shows a shot of, I'm pretty sure it's Bossing Say, or at least it's like another Earth Kingdom place, but I'm pretty sure it's Bossing Say and I got so excited because it's a, it's a place that's mentioned a lot in the first season, but you don't really get to actually see until the second season. And it means, like, a bunch of fun characters are coming, and I'm so excited because you have no idea what's about to happen. No idea. No it's fucking so idea. It's so fun. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, 
My only thing that I was a little upset about in these 10 episodes was that the, was that the Cabbage Man didn't make an appearance. Oh, don't you worry. Don't I'm just saying worry. it was 10 episodes without him, so I was a little upset. I feel like like the first season came out and everyone loved the Cabbage Man so much, and then they were like, okay, we gotta bring him back. Like, <laughs> Yes. Also, it's good to note that the Cabbage Man originally appears in an Earth Kingdom, so. Nice. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Just a little note for the future. Yep. <sighs> well, that was fun. That was very fun. I enjoy Avatar. Also, watching it specifically to talk about it makes me, like, pay attention to specific things more. So that's definitely an excellent way to watch it. Definitely, yeah. It's, and I'm honestly, I told Nadia, too. Like, I'm, I enjoy it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Like, it's a very good show. Yeah, it's very, it has everything. It's lighthearted. It's funny it's dramatic it's amazing fight scenes romance like family feuds it has everything and it's incredible how they fit it all into 20 minute episodes uh-huh like watching the episodes <laughs> goes by so fast and you're just like there's so much happening oh like watching Literally, the, ten, the 10 episodes in like a streak you're like oh god yeah and like pausing to do the summaries you're like uh mm-hmm. so much happened and like the first 10 episodes were, like, kind of getting to know people and figure out what the fuck is going on in the world. And, like, some of the stories weren't really jointed at all. And then now this last 10 is, like, okay, this is progression. This is all connected. You get three episodes where we're in one place. That's unheard of. Yep. <sighs> Crazy. But, yeah. Watch Avatar, guys. It's good. Yeah. Watch it And we'll, uh, yeah, definitely watch it with us because we're probably not doing anything justice. But... Mm-hmm. Watch it with us, please. And like the fight scenes, y'all. Yeah, you have to see the fight scenes. It's like just so seeing good. them, seeing the elements together is just amazing. And like how they fight and everything is just—it's so good. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>